It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Let's get back to... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. More of the BetMGM MLB podcast. Powered by BetQL with Ryan Horvat and Cody Decker on the BetQL Network. Oh, I agree. Uh... We, we kind of started paying attention. It was interesting to watch the metamorphosis of our opinions on certain teams throughout the course of the year. The White Sox came in. I remember uh, week zero of bet for the cycle when I told you guys I did not see the White Sox as a World Series favorite, and you and Mario both clowned on me at that I point. I thought you were an insane person for what yeah, you were saying out loud. I, I, I still I, think I, you're insane hearing it now, knowing <laughs> what the White Sox have. I still don't understand what happened. I remember saying that, and I watched the reaction on the face of Cody Decker and Hate Nass Mario, and I was like, well, I guess I'm only hosting the pilot of this show because these two guys are going to get me canned out the gate. No. Um, the Guardians' attitude is what I expected out of the White Sox, right? Like, I was Team White Sox because of America's favorite baseball player, Tim Anderson, and the, you know, so hey, I'm, we're just out there to have fun. And then they just didn't do that, right? Like, they just didn't do any of that. It's like it, it, it's like watching a heel turn from your favorite professional wrestler when he turns his back. It's like Shawn Michaels super kicking Marty Jannetty. Through yeah, the let's be real quick. That, that was, this is what the White Sox did to us. They they barbershopped us through the yeah. window. The, at the biggest heel turn of all time. You just mentioned Tim Anderson, the baby face among baby faces. Do you remember Tim Anderson? I can't pick him out of a lineup. When was the last time you saw Tim Anderson? Who is he? Uh, Last time I saw Tim Anderson was when he showed up on Twitter calling Hate Ness Mario, Hate Ness Mario, Yo, and Ness. naming him a nickname that will stick around forever. So as far as I'm concerned, Tim Anderson, you go off, King. You will always be royalty anywhere <laughs> I'm doing radio, for the record. Uh, look, I I don't know what the what, what happened to the White Sox. If you could take the mentality of the Guardians and put them on the White Sox, that would be a team that would contend with the Yankees and the Astros. But they're just... Mm -hmm. They're just not. And I I, I kind of got to the point where I was almost tired of pinning it on the manager. I was almost tired of pinning it on sleepy, sleepy nap time in the dugout. Uh, because at some point, you got to have a little damn pride to be a Major League Baseball player. And I just never felt that out of the White Sox. Uh, the Guardians are exactly like you said. They're, they're, they're fun. They're energetic. They play the game hard. They got told all season long not only are you not a postseason team, but you're going to end up being third place in that division. And all they did was go out there and win it in the face of everybody, myself included, to own it. Um, 
there will be a soft spot in my heart this season on the AL side for the Cleveland Guardians. And real quick, shout out to Austin Hedges, who is an ex-teammate of mine, who I've known since he was 17 years old. I love Austin Hedges. Austin Hedges is an above-average defensive catcher. Is he allergic to wood? Occasionally. But I think even Austin Hedges would admit that. He's not the strongest of uh, offensive threats, but he's very good at handling a pitching staff. He's very good at leading a ball club. And this is the year that here's the thing. I always looked at kind of Austin to be a little goofy because he's like kind of one of those rah-rah type of leader guys. And, you know, I love the guy to death, but it's so overtly sometimes over the top as if you're speaking to Captain America half the time that you can't take him seriously. I changed my mind this year. I every What Austin Hedges has brought to the table this year, not to mention that, he should be everyone's – he could hit 050 for the rest of his career. The interview he gave to Chris Rose the other day describing how the fans in South Side of Chicago were getting on them for, quote, they kept saying we had small wieners. <laughs> he actually said that. He's like, yeah, a woman was yelling in our dugout that we had small wieners. And, you know, you kind of have to appreciate the South Siders for this. <laughs> I just lost it. I'm like, I love Austin Hedges now. This is the best Austin Hedges. Earlier this year, going off on umpires. Did you know that he hacked into Pitchcom to add a quote? And I'm going to say it because I already used the F word once in the show, so why not use it again? He put a fuck yeah button on there. A button that he could press. Instead of calling a pitch, it says into Pitchcom, fuck yeah, to compliment the guy for making a good pitch. Austin Hedges? I salute you. Austin Hedges, I, uh, you have grown into exactly who I hoped you would be, a superhero. You, sir, are Captain America. I I, I, I need to go find that story. And, it's amazing. And he why. says it to Chris Rose. It's it's really good. I know I, know I shouldn't be giving shout-outs to com, uh, competitors, but my God, it's the greatest. It's the greatest no, no, no. things ever said out loud. That's not, that's not a shout-out. That is well-deserved and earned recognition for being an American <laughs> hero for just a moment. I own like I own a bunch of jerseys, right? And, and ordinarily, it's for my radio career where I do some work for the team, and I, you know they'll make me a jersey. I'll get one personalized, etc. Uh, I think I own right now two player jerseys. I've got a Michael Jordan jersey from the '90s, and I've got a Drew Brees jersey from the Super Bowl run. That alone might make Austin Hedges jersey number three that I was to buy and then just replace his name with bleep yeah on the nameplate. That is an exceptional story. It's great. I, I just got to tell you, Austin Hedges, not only do I love you off the field because I've, I've loved you forever, but man, you just, you've become the ball player that I've always wanted you to be. And that's just phenomenal. All right. Uh, we brought this whole di uh, diatribe out because do you think the Mariners have a shot this October? I think they got a chance, but at the end of the day, I don't think anyone in the American league is getting through the Astros. The Astros are just that much far ahead of everyone else in the division. And barring a miracle, the Astros are going to the world series. Yeah, I would, uh, I would like to say yes, because obviously I want as many good teams in the postseason. I want it to be as entertaining of a postseason as we can. But an Astros-Yankees ALCS feels inevitable. I'm not ready to say that the Astros are guaranteed beating the New York Yankees because over the course of the season, sure, but a seven-game series, who the hell knows? And, and, and I think the Yankees 
for whatever reason, have gone to sleep a little bit towards the end of the season. I don't wonder how much of that is. Okay, we're the two seed. Like, we're not getting caught, but we can't catch anybody else either. So let's just kind of coast into the offseason and give ourselves a break. Uh, that being said, as much as I have also, I have, I have like by proxy, like gotten the Seattle contact high off of Cody Decker. And I mean that metaphorically for the bosses who are listening, uh, uh, they're, they're not there yet. That being said a year or two from now, the Seattle Mariners team could be the team that we've been looking for to, to get that new young fan base back invested in the game. Yeah, not to mention, you know, the extensions that this team has already made. Julio Rodriguez, Castillo that they just extended this week. This team is committed to winning going forward. Not to mention, I know a lot of members of the Angels front office. Guess what team they've been scared of for the last couple of years? They've been scared of the Mariners, not the Astros, because they know what the Mariners have in their farm system. What do they have in their farm system? Right here. Arms after arms after arms. Guess what the Angels don't have? Anyone that knows how to throw a baseball, with the exception of Shohei Otani. Um, listen, we got to touch on Judge real quick, and I got a very controversial thought here. He has been sitting on 60 home runs now officially for one full week. This is the biggest home run drought that Aaron Judge has had all season long. And he's not not hitting the ball. He's hitting line drives. He's barreling balls up. He's doing really well. Um, but here's the question for you. Does he get it soon? And here is my take. I hope he doesn't. I want him to finish at 60 at this point. You know why? Because I think it would be funny. That way I can make fun of Aaron Judge and be like, oh, 60, huh? That's it? That's all you got? Triple crown? Couldn't get to 61, huh? Couldn't tie that Maris guy? All right. All right. Sorry about it. I would find it funny. Do I think he should hit 75? Yes. Do I kind of want him to stay at 60? A little bit. I, uh... I'm not mad at that uh, because I, I I know that you're a sadist. So it's, yes. it's completely unsurprising to me that you would revel in the misery uh, of Yankees and It's Yankees not about fans. Judge. Thank you. That's, that's yes. the answer. Oh, it's I know not exactly, for Aaron Judge. It's I knew for... <laughs> exactly the direction. This has nothing to do with Aaron Judge. Wish and the best. everything to do with the fan base surrounding Cody Decker, literally, as we sit here and chat, um, look, he's he's going to get it, yes, and here's he why. I, I loved Kevin Gossman the other day when he got asked about basically pitching around Aaron Judge, and he said, I didn't want to be the answer to a trivia question, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody somewhere between now and the end of the Yankee season is going to go, if he gets me, he gets me but I want to put the final K on the season on Aaron judge. And they're going to go pitch at him and it will be a mistake. He's going to get it at some point. I don't have any doubt about it. I, uh, I don't know because, and we talked about this on my show uh, earlier this week, which you can find the podcast at thefanupstate.com. search for the oh, Rob Brown show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, we talked about this on the show earlier this week, Cody Decker. I very vividly remember the summer where Maguire and Sosa were chasing down that Roger. 1998. Record, right? I remember and where I, I was when the home run was believe, hit. A hundred percent. I genuinely believe it was the best thing to happen to baseball. Yes. In years. It was. Everybody was tuning in and watching. Everybody was watching that chase from those two guys running down Roger Maris. Aaron judge in doing it by himself. 
and him doing it by himself as a New York Yankee, right? Like if he played for the Mariners or the Angels, I think there would be a lot more national excitement about it. But watching him struggle at 60, in fact, I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, Clemson-Wake Forest was the biggest football game happening in our region on Saturday night. It was two ranked top 25 ACC teams, a double overtime game. DJ Uyunglele was playing great football. And the people in my, we're 45 minutes north of Clemson. Mm -hmm. The people in my sphere, in my, my little broadcasting world here in Greenville, were livid that ESPN was cutting into their Clemson-Wake Forest game to watch individual Aaron Judge at bats, especially when he went 0 for 3 with the walk in that contest. Mm -hmm. People were livid about it. And I asked the question, is this an indictment on Judge? the Yankees, or has baseball fallen that far out of the appreciative eye of American sports fans that we have this moment where this six foot seven, 285 jackhammer is trying to set a record that we will talk about for the rest of our lives as fans. And they're like, I'd rather watch third and nine out of Clemson in the third quarter of a game what it like? Where is that coming from? Why are people not more excited about this? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll explain exactly where that came from. Major League Baseball created MLB Network. That's where it came from. I'm I'm not kidding. There's a reason why ESPN doesn't have baseball shows anywhere because they can't compete with MLB Network's baseball shows. So they decided to stop covering baseball, and it's leaked into the entire sports narrative. So whenever you see a major company talk about baseball, they're like, well, we got to fix baseball. If I'm the GM of baseball, I'll fix it. If I'm the commissioner of baseball, I'll fix it with this. Baseball doesn't need to be fixed. You know what needs to be fixed? How the networks are covering it. They don't put people on TV that love baseball. And when they do, they don't let them talk about baseball. It's just kind of, it's kind of a thing. Um, and it started, it started at ESPN years ago. So we asked this question. I, I've you've probably seen me complain about this on Twitter, where you can follow me, dear listener, at the Rob Brown Show. I'm the king of shameless self-promotion today. Uh, I said this on Twitter last Wednesday. Uh, the Braves had a big time series. The game was on at noon on a Wednesday at Truist in Atlanta. And I got pumped and I flipped on MLB net. And the game was blacked out, right? Like Problem. that game's on MLB. Should never, should never happen. Everywhere except where the Braves play. Now, I, I, I might even understand it to some degree, like in the city of Atlanta. I am two and a half hours away from Truist Park. Mm -hmm. It is Wednesday at noon. I am very sorry that I could not purchase a round of tickets for this one. Uh, I had a guy text the show and say, Rob, here's the reality. The reality is baseball has made it almost intentionally difficult yes. to not just watch games, but then to watch all the things built around games that would get you excited about games. And yep. I went back to when you and I were setting up uh, for our Saturday shows during the course of the season, and I would put on the net. This is not a blast at MLB Network. It just is what it is. Uh, I would put on the net getting ready for, hey, man, here's today's schedule, here's breakdowns, here's lineups, here's pitching matchups, et cetera. And I'd tune it in, and they'd be interviewing Ronald Acuna asking what his favorite flavor of Gatorade is or, or what bubble gum Aaron Judge chews when he goes to the dish. And I'm like, 
you are making it more difficult for me because when I can sit down and watch baseball, you're not you're not giving me baseball. You're 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 giving some social media influencer talking about bubble gum and and and, and Gatorade flavors. Yeah. When I want to know what the hell's the pitching breakdown and what are the splits between the two guys going today for the Braves, and then when the Braves do play. You black it out so I can't watch it, mm-hmm. and my only option becomes, well, do I want to risk going to find an illegal stream somewhere or paying my regional network an absurd amount of money to watch a limited amount of baseball when they're at home only? It, it's it's just maddeningly frustrating, mm-hmm. and I, I think this Aaron Judge thing and the fact that nobody seems to be nearly invested as I think they should be is probably that coming to fruition. Okay. Now, here's a couple of things that I want to touch on on that. I agree with just about everything you just said. Just I, probably everything you just said. One, the blackouts in Major League Baseball is unforgivable. Two, Major League Baseball's content that they create around the game is is borderline unwatchable. Um, three, they when they think about trying to make the game more accessible, they just do goofy things rather than just say, make the game more accessible. Um, in the last three years, Major League Baseball's contracted minor league baseball and professional baseball within the United States by 50 teams. Thus, you're taking baseball out of certain cities that don't have access to Major League games. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than a lot of this is Major League Baseball's own creation of what they have done. Um, to touch on Aaron Judge and while why he hasn't hit 61 yet, there is something you just said that might have uh, sparked an issue. Because McGuire wasn't being pushed by Maris. McGuire's being pushed by Sosa. Maris wasn't being pushed by Ruth. Maris was being pushed by Mantle. There was a home run race in 61. There was a home run race in 98. This is just a solo run for Aaron Judge, and he's battling against a ghost. Mark McGuire had Sammy Sosa. He could see Sammy Sosa. He see him on the other side of the field. In fact, 62 home run, the 62nd home run was hit against the Cubs at home. He picked, I remember when McGuire picked up Sosa like he was a, a you know, a piece of like, I don't know, an empty paper bag. It was like, it was like, it was like, like he was lifting a bat filled with cork. It was that like, easy. Sammy Sosa was like 270 pounds of solid muscle and McGuire accidentally, like remember when he picked up his kid, he actually threw his kid onto the moon by accident. No, I, I really do. I, I think you've got a valid point in that we watch sports for competition uh, and, and even golf. Golf has set themselves up in a way. Golf is doing so much better than Major League Baseball is at pro, uh, marketing their product. 100%. So much better. Completely agreed. They are better at it. Golf also on championship Sundays does what they can to pair up the guys that are going to be fighting each other. Uh, if, if if you ran golf tournaments where everybody just kind of went out there randomly, you'd have a lot of golf tournaments where the guy with a four-stroke lead coming down the pipe is basically just, you're just watching a guy finish a recreational round of golf, but they do everything they can so that on Sunday, the guy that's one stroke up is watching the guy that's one stroke down tee mm-hmm. off. And you mm-hmm. know that even though it's you against the course, he knows what, what what's happening here. So a judge doing it by himself is probably a little bit to blame, but my thought would be at a day and age where I get told constantly, you know, baseball's doing everything they can to help the offense. They took a little bit off the ball. They got rid of the sticky stuff so that we would get more runs, more runs, more runs. 
at a point in history where a guy is trying to go be more, uh, is going to be responsible for more individual runs off the dish than anybody else in the history of the game, asterisk, uh, I would think that there would be more around this. And, and I don't know if it's baseball. I don't know if it's the fans or I don't know if it's the fans because of baseball. And I would be not shocked to learn that it was any one of those three. I bet it's a combination of all three. Can I give you an example? One last thing to touch on on this. As you know, I've been co- I've been co-hosting the FS1 morning show, The Carton Show. And please check us out 7 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern time uh, on FS1. It's a blast and we have a great time doing it. But last week we had Packers Hall of Famer Greg Jennings on. Greg Jennings co-hosted the entire week. Awesome guy. Just an awesome dude. And I remember during a commercial break, I saw a pitch breakdown of Merrill Kelly's fastball to his slider by Pitching Ninja. And as you know, Pitching Ninja on Twitter has these great overlaps. The problem is Pitching Ninja puts out better content than Major League Baseball. And that's a problem. But I was showing the tunneling and overlap videos of the breakdown between Merrill Kelly's fastball and his curveball or slider, however you want to describe it. And I showed it to Greg Jennings, and I showed the point where the balls are tunneling at the same spot and then showing the breakoff when it gets to about, you know, 30 feet towards home plate. And Greg just sat there and was like, I have never seen that before. That is unbelievable. How is that possible to even hit that? I said, borderline, it's not. He's like, it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oh my God, that's unbelievable. I said, I know. Don't you think Major League Baseball should do something like that all the time? Because you're really seeing some things that the game doesn't show you. You're not seeing how difficult this game is unless Major League Baseball literally shows it to you. And there are people on the internet who do a better job of it than Major League Baseball. And that is a problem because, Rob, you and I love baseball more than people who work in baseball. That's a problem. It is. It is. You know, we've we've had discussions before about other sports. And, uh, you know, you you and I I have talked a lot of wrestling in the past. And one thing that that bugs me in the world of wrestling is when you see – a lot of folks running wrestling that you can tell don't really love the business and you, mm-hmm. it, it ends up being taken over uh, and it negatively impacts it. I, I agree with the thing about baseball. I'll tell you what, uh, what I saw uh, preseason this year, as a matter of fact, or, sorry, preseason last year that drove more people to tune into a preseason baseball game and tweet about it than I've ever seen during a live game, a Braves uh, preseason game, they mic'd up Freddie Freeman in real time. Mm-hmm. And I know that this would not necessarily work in the regular season and players wouldn't want to do it. But in the preseason, they mic'd up Freddie. They had Smoltzy, and I believe they brought in Chipper Jones at the time. And the three of these guys were having a conversation while Freddie was playing baseball, down to and including Freddie like, hey, Chipper, what pitch are you looking for here? And Chipper calling the correct pitch, and Freddie got a single off of it. It was really engaging because you heard the guys talking about the game, but actually about the game, right? And, and mm-hmm. that's, I guess, to go back to what I said a minute ago, that's what frustrates me when I sit down on a Saturday morning pre-football season 
and I've got five hours to wax my legs, eat some Vegemite, and watch baseball, <clears throat> it bugs me when I tune in and what you are giving me is, and I understand you got to make personalities out of your guys, right? Like you've got to push individual players because the new age sports fan, they love individual players maybe more than they do teams to some degree. So you got to promote the Ronald Acuna's and the pre-2022 Fernando Tatis Jr.'s, et cetera. But when I tune in and you could give me the look you just talked about, about let us give you a batter's POV of what a Merrill Kelly fastball versus breaking ball looks like, or here is how fast a Spencer Strider cutter actually looks and, and give you a POV of it. Instead, I got Ronnie talking about what color cleats he's wearing this weekend, right? Like that, that doesn't engage me. That doesn't help. But me. I, I, I'm not against that, but no, you got to give either. me the, you got to give me the other stuff too. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying is, it felt like it was always that. It felt like every Saturday when I tuned in, it was like three hours of social media influencers talking about the 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 you know the the newest cleat color or whatever, and then they go, okay, now let's take you live to the first pitch. I'm like, I don't even know the schedule, and it's my yeah, job, right? Like you're making that's a big problem. Yeah, you're making the game of baseball the most boring part of the game, and that is. That's Major League Baseball's own fault. There's nothing else to say. That's Major League Baseball's fault. That they are they have made the game the least important thing. Like, well, we're wearing see we're we're not as stuffy. Guys can wear colored shoes now. You're missing the point. You're missing the point and until I mean, it's like I have to figuratively beat you over the head with a tack hammer until you until you get it. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to take you through the slate of games real quick and so much more right here on BetMGM MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL.